Hello, I'm Eric Chabro of GovInfoSecurity.com and Information Security Media Group. I'm picking up my conversation with Franklin Reeder, who along with Karen Evans wrote the white paper entitled A Human Capital Crisis in Cybersecurity, Technical Proficiency Matters. That report was issued this past week by the Commission on Cybersecurity for the 44th Presidency. In part one of the interview, Look for a link to it in the text introduction of this podcast. Reader addresses how the information security skills gap threatens the security of key U.S. IT systems. In part two, we resume our conversation by discussing the U.S. cyber challenge. The commission recommends the creation of a continuing U.S. cyber challenge. And those are good guy hacking contests, I guess, aimed at encouraging the development of the cybersecurity professional class and establishment of an independent board of information security examiners to develop and administer a process for certifying cybersecurity professionals. Why are those moves important? We're at both ends of the food chain, if you will. One of the criteria that has driven the Commission's work since the issuance of the report in December of 2008 was to try to be as specific as we could be about actions that could be taken. And indeed, you'll find in our report an outline of an action plan so that we get beyond hortatory exhortations to do good and avoid evil. The recommendations you decided are two illustrations of where we think something concrete can be done. The cyber challenge is an example at the front end of the food chain, if you will, at the beginning of the development of a labor pool to create opportunities for those who might have an interest in getting into the cyber world or who already are but may not see a clear path. And unfortunately, some of them, therefore, engage in, shall we say, more destructive activities to reward them to create an opportunity through which they can be identified a little bit like the science challenges that emerged from the scare and uh, you and I are old enough to remember post-1957, post-Sputnik, about the need for more opportunities for young people to become aware of the professional opportunities, in this case, in the cyber world. At the other end of the spectrum, a way of stimulating the development of more rigorous certifications, these things that in the marketplace will help consumers, consumers here being both people who buy services and people who hire other people, to distinguish between those who have the requisite skills and those who may not. One way of doing that is creating something that would be shamelessly modeled on the National Board of Medical Examiners, which interestingly enough is about 90-some years old now in the medical field, so that, again, going back to my tortured example, there is a way of determining who in the medical field is board certified in a particular specialty and who is not. That board doesn't necessarily need to be the sole source of certifications, but needs to be the body or or could be the body that both develops rigorous certifications and that promotes greater rigor in the certifications that are being developed by other bodies. The commission in its appendix provides a taxonomy of cybersecurity occupations, and let me just go quickly through them. Systems administration, uh, network administration, security assessment, threat analysis, forensics investigation, programming, technical writing, security architecture and engineering, and information security and incident management. Why is it important to have such a taxonomy? Our notion here is we needed to be concrete, not abstract, and so this taxonomy is not intended as the definitive answer, but rather the beginning of something that could be built out. And indeed, 
there are entities, particularly under the auspices of the Federal CIO Council, working collaboratively with the Office of Personnel Management to do this. Professional certifications need to be role-based. I need to know what it is I am hiring you to do to determine what credentials I need you to have in order to do that. Again, simple, homely example, uh, having a driver's license is not sufficient if what I'm really hiring you to do is drive big rigs or hiring you to maintain big diesel engines on those big rigs. This is an attempt first to identify some of the key roles and usually they're pretty intensively technical roles that are part of the cybersecurity regime and then move from that to the skills that are necessary to perform, discharge those roles and ultimately to build the foundation on which certifications would be developed. You also picked up on something that is important to note. When we talk about cybersecurity professionals, we're not necessarily talking about people who are typically identified as cybersecurity types. System administrators, network administrators, those who write code are typically not identified as cybersecurity types. But what they do or the manner in which they do it is is critical both to deploying technology that is to the extent that we can make it safe and then given that there is no such thing as absolutely safe technology, having the skills necessary to protect it, to defend it, and ultimately to recover when bad stuff happens because bad stuff will happen. One of the things that struck me reading the report was, I guess, taught discussion around programmers as one of these cybersecurity professions. And it was noted, I forget the exact wording, but something to the effect that almost every vulnerability can be traced back to code. In developing these occupations, would this be an occupation for a cybersecurity programmer, or this would be what a programmer in government, for example, would be? As I see it, and there will be lots of debate around this, I would hope that a programmer who has to have lots of other skills other than secure coding would at some point be able to get a credential that says, in writing the code that I write, I understand and have been able to demonstrate the things that are necessary to assure that that code is as free of flaws as it's possible to make. There are 25 things that anybody who writes code ought to know about how to do that securely. We ought to have a test and a practicum that folks who write the stuff that drives our sensitive technology ought to be able to demonstrate so that we can say, ah, this person knows how to do that. This is where we have found in our discussions considerable controversy about whether we could, as some have advocated, but ACM and, for example, and IEEE are very concerned that we're not ready to write the definitive programmer certification, and that's not what we're advocating. What we're advocating is a certification that an individual has the requisite skills if he or she is a programmer to write code that is as error-free as we know how to make it. These lists of occupations, are they aimed at identifying key occupations that are cybersecurity-related that would be used in government or by government contractors or or the critical infrastructure? and not just for certifications? Absolutely. And, in fact, another recommendation of the commission was that government, in its employment practices, because some of these people are on federal payrolls, use certifications as a way of identifying and rewarding folks and, through the procurement process, begin to specify that when it's buying services that include cybersecurity support that the contractor puts on those have the requisite professional certifications. 
Anything else you'd like to add? You'll find, at least in Karen and me, just a little bit of passion around this. One of the things that we have both felt for a long time, and our, our concern here certainly predates the issuance of this report, is that if indeed we are to protect critical systems and if indeed cybersecurity types are to become a profession, then there's a set of things that has to happen. Certainly, any certification regime needs to include a process for continuing education and, if you will, decertifying individuals who either no longer maintain currency or whose professional behavior has been called into question. The other thing that I think is terribly important and I think we need to evolve to is the certification process needs to be separated from the from training. We don't think that certifying bodies and this is a first person singular opinion, I think that Karen and I both share. I don't think the report says this, but we think that the certifying bodies can't be in the training business. It it's too much of a conflict of interest. So what do you hope happens now now that this white paper is out? My model for this, if you will, is a little bit like the 9-11 Commission, which figured that when it issued its report or issued papers, that wasn't the end of the process. That was the beginning of one. There are a couple of things already happening. The U.S. cyber challenge is real, and over the coming weeks and months, we see a lot of organizations aligning around that. And so we hope at the front end we see the beginnings of a groundswell to create opportunities for young folks to become more engaged in cyber and, and cybersecurity. At the other end of the spectrum, we're already seeing some legislative activity, and I hope that if the Congress in its wisdom enacts uh, cyber legislation, as at least we've been led to believe they'd like to get done, I realize they have one or two other things on their plates, uh, but if they do enact legislation, it's our hope that that legislation will push some of the themes that we talk about in the report so that we can use and, – and those those that legislation, by the way, is primarily addressed to the federal government. But if the federal government can both lead by example and use the leverage of its acquisition process to encourage more rigorous certifications – then I think some of these changes can become real in months, not years or decades. Well, thank you, Frank. A pleasure. Thank you. I've been speaking with Frank Reeder of the Commission on Cybersecurity for the 44th Presidency. I'm Eric Chabro for GovInfoSecurity.com. Thanks for listening.